Welcome back to another episode of Finding Our Spark, where we share our personal perspective on what it's like to be part of the APIA community while looking into stories from past UF Sparks magazine issues. I'm your host, Michelle, and unfortunately, Alex won't be in this week's episode, but I do have a special guest. But before she introduces herself, today we're going to talk about Asian broadcast entertainment and then move on to Asian representation in broadcast media. Make sure you're following our podcast on Spotify to stay updated on our episodes. And I have some good news. Our podcast is now on Apple Podcasts as well. So please go tell your friends who haven't been listening because they don't have Spotify. And of course, check out our Instagram for updates on Sparks as well. All right, now for our guest introduction. Hi everyone, my name is Mercy. I am a third year telecommunications major. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am one of the design editors for Sparks. Um, as design editor, I supervise all the designers with my co-design editor, Arium. We make sure that all of our designers know what they're doing, that if they have, if they need any resources, we provide them tutorials on how to use like the Adobe suite, all sorts of things. We also, this semester, we, we're designing two stories of ourselves. And why did you choose telecommunication? So when I was in high school, I did newspaper, and my last year in journalism, I started editing videos for us for like the newspaper, and I was like, wow, I'm like really into this editing thing. Like I could see myself doing this. Also, I was really bad at anything STEM, so I was like, I don't really want to keep writing. So I was like, video editing seems like a really like cool thing to do. I was like, wow, like I could work in like the production field, entertainment, maybe meet like a superstar. I was very highly ambitious for a know-nothing, like, 17-year-old in high school. But yeah, so I came into college, I started doing telecom, and I did fall in love with all the things that we were learning. Like, I loved learning about, like, lighting, production, editing, audio, maybe even radio. Maybe you'll see me release my own podcast. Don't Ooh. count for that. Don't actually. <laughs> that may not happen at all. Don't get their hopes up. <laughs> yeah. Since you are a telecom major, I felt like you were the perfect guest for today's episode. We can get started with what are our favorite Asian movies and or TV shows? You can start first. Okay. One of my favorites is Lion Pride. It's this Taiwanese drama that I watched like a year or so ago back in like quarantine. It is about this detective and this teacher, and there's like this big mystery. I low-key can't remember the like full plot of it, but it was so dramatic, but also so funny with like the hints of romance. And there was like a really big plot twist in the end, and I was like, dang, I don't remember what the plot twist is, but I was like, remember being super <laughs> shocked about it. Another, that was like a show. Another, a movie I loved is Crazy Rich Asians. I am a sucker for rom-coms. So finding a rom-com starring Asians, I was like, this is it. I reached like the peak in life. I can die now and I'll be so happy. It was also Constance Wu, who's also a Taiwanese American like me, and um, Henry Golding. Love. <laughs> yes. Also, that movie was just so good. I was like watching it, like some clips of it again for a project, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of like very, very deep depth of field. Like those backgrounds were blurry. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, they were shooting in like Malaysia and Singapore, I think. And I was like, the backgrounds could be like shallower. They're so pretty love the movie and the plot though <laughs> i love like your use of the terms that you learned back in what is it efp1 yes <laughs> fundamentals of production gotta classes use, gotta make the tuition money worth something yeah. <laughs> but what about you what are some of your favorite asian movies or shows okay so i don't really watch a lot of k-dramas but I got a recommendation from a friend to watch Hospital Playlist, and it happens to be on Netflix. So I was like, yes, I can watch it. 
It's basically about five of the main characters who are doctors at this hospital, but they all work in different fields. So one person's in neurosurgery, another person's in like pediatric, and someone's in what do you call the um, lung area or. You're talking to another non-STEM person that could not could yeah, not see, tell I, you. I wish I could tell you, but like even watching it myself, I was not really familiar with what they were talking about, even with the subtitles. Like I'll read the English subtitles and I'll still not know what they're talking about because all the like doctor terms. <laughs> so I can't be a doctor. But yeah, that's basically what it's about. And their like lifestyle in the hospital, their ups and downs. It's very like lighthearted, which is why I like it. I'm not really an intense genre kind of person. Oh, oh yeah. So so I'm not a fan of watching like thrillers or horror. I don't watch horror. You won't catch me watching that willingly. <laughs> At I least not by myself. I want some horrors for fun. I like thrillers, but also I am notorious for skipping through things when I watch them. Yeah. So when I get scared, I'm like, mm, this tension, a little too high. Skip. Yeah. I can't do scary things. Like even a short trailer that pops up before my YouTube video, I'll like mute it. It's so funny how I mentioned that I'm not a fan of thriller because along with the gods, well, it's more fantasy than thriller, but it does have a little bit of thrill into it. I would like to explain what it's about, but it's complicated. So I suggest looking it up and watching it for yourselves. There's two. The, is it uh, a movie? Yeah. The first one is called Along with the Gods, The Last 49 Days. That might have been the second movie. <laughs> it sounds so dramatic. Along Actually, with the gods. Let me look it up right now. Okay, yeah. The first one is The Two Worlds, and the second one is The Last 49 Days. But yeah, you have to watch both of them because I think the second one is a little bit better story-wise. And it's always touchy with like sequels. Like I was going to talk about um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, another Asian film that I liked. And like, I'm not going to lie. From a telecom perspective, the color grading in all three movies is terrible. It just gets progressively worse and worse. The color grading is so bad. They made her like green in the last one. I was like, she's she's oh, like, oh, I do remember from so like bad. trailers. I know. I was like watching this and I'm like, I can't even focus on the story because she's so green. But um, the stories are pretty like generic, like rom com kind of stories. Mm. But that one was I just like that because it's like quirky, cute high school like angst. Yeah. What got you into the um, Asian movies and shows that we mentioned? I want to say it's mostly like news and media, especially like Crazy Rich Asians and to all the boys I've loved before. I follow a few like Asian news outlets like Next Shark and just yeah, me too. some other ones on like Instagram. And I saw people like people on Twitter and Instagram and every social media I was on were raving because yeah. they're like, you don't get to see Asians, Asians on film, Asians on TV, Asians in Hollywood like ever. So they're like, oh my God, representation. <laughs> The other half of it was just Netflix recs because I do watch some Asian films and some dramas on Netflix. So Netflix was like, you watch this. You'll probably like this. Yeah. And they have a whole section on just foreign dramas, like foreign rom-coms, Taiwanese dramas, Chinese dramas. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah. Where did you find your movies? I guess Hospital Place was a friend rec. Yeah, friend rec and Netflix also. Um, I try not to watch series most of the time, especially like long series, because I know if I go in too deep, there's yeah. no going back. I usually watch like, nowadays I watch like cooking shows, because you can stop whenever. <gasps> yeah, they're just I love very calming. And baking shows. Yes. I'm watching the newest season of Great British Bake Off right now. Very cute. I'm only like on episode two, because I keep stopping, because I, I watch it when I eat, but I eat for like 15 minutes, so I watch it yeah. and then I stop. <laughs> Um, we can go to topic two. What do you think makes Asian broadcast entertainment unique? 
a lot of things like it's just really different in my opinion like especially the format and production quality i think it's honestly like especially the korean ones i've seen coming out recently they're so high quality i know 4k is on the up and up but like especially in korea like some of the dance videos i watch i'm like i don't know if you've seen it but it's like that channel it's like called be be you or be something and they collab with like a lot of k-pop artists but they film all of those videos in 4k and i think they're even on the next one i don't know what the next thing above 4k is but i think they have that but the other things are just like the formatting it's not things you would see on traditional western media or other countries i think like we have a lot of um game shows we have like jeopardy we have talk shows we have mm-hmm. saturday night live we have wipeout american ninja but then on the flip side you have like the little comedy shows my mom watches like these little chinese dramas and like stuff and i'm like i just different energy like i think they'd be comparable to like like spanish telenovelas but like you don't see that kind of stuff in like american dramas like i don't know what american dramas are i don't know switched at birth i don't think you can compare switched at birth to like squid games the Mm -hmm. energy the vibes like they're both very dramatic and they make you feel things but feel like completely different things i do like watching shorts a lot Mm -hmm. i watch a lot of like nominated shorts especially like when our teacher introduced them to that and like genevieve made us write an essay on the shorts i did madre yes that was was that one looked so good they made a sequel they did? I know. I can't, find the, I can't find the translation, but it was basically like, she goes back. Wait, no, is it Madre? Madre is the one where she's on a phone call with her kid. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah. yes. They did make a sequel to that one. And like, she goes to the place where he's supposed to like be disappeared. And I think she meets a boy there. And she thinks it's her son, I think. It was in Spanish. And I had to look on the IMDb to find the English subtitle translation of like the film. But it looked so good. And I was like, gosh, why can't I think? Why aren't things more globalized? Madre is the one thing that made me super anxious. Like, even, like, talking about it right now, I'm, like, so anxious, like, thinking back at it. Everything was one take, right? It was a one take on the phone, but there were cuts to, like, the empty beach. But, like, the actual, like, panic was one take. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, anyway. Because she moved throughout the apartment. It's, like, her backing up, walking forward. That's the thing with, like, thrillers. There's, like, very big... Like, when you learn... We learn about these things in our class. Like, what makes something scary? And you could break down why that's scary very Mm -hmm. easily. But it doesn't change the fact that it's scary. Mm -hmm. Like, you can know everything. Like, you can know something's behind that door and still get jump scared. Exactly. And it's, like... That makes a good film. Mm-hmm. That's when you know it's good when you like know it's there and mm-hmm. you're just still like, ah. Oh. Like, <laughs> I think what made Madre so scary was that they got a child voice actor, mm-hmm. and so like when you think about children in danger, that makes anyone like hug at your heartstrings. If you don't, you're kind of a monster. Because mm-hmm. it's just like there's like a scene like in the trailer like he runs, he hides, and he's like, and his mom's like, don't say anything. And he's like, yeah. mom, I'm like, she's like, mom, I have. To, like, what did she say? It's like, mom, he's there, he's watching me. Yeah. I was like. I'm, like, so scared right now. I'm so scared. (laughs) Especially because, like, it's nighttime right now. I'm so scared. Anyway, Uh, back to the topic. Yeah. I think people have always been into this Asian entertainment, even if they're non-Asian, because, like, I've known people who liked K-pop, who liked anime, who liked all these, like, drama things before, Mm -hmm. like, as I was growing up. But I think it just got really popularized when K-pop was, like, on a massive rise in, like, 2012. But I think it's, like, people are so invested because it's, like, almost a culture shock to them. They're like, oh, like, this is a different vibe. It's just so different from, like media that they consume like it's just so different like i think asian culture has always been like so unique compared to other countries like every country is like super unique to another like that's just the nature of culture they're just different you have those overlaps that are really interesting for a lot of people to see and it brings a lot of people closer together even if we're like so vastly different Mm -hmm. i think anime has always been like there but like 
people maybe it's because they were embarrassed but now they're less embarrassed because like exactly it's so much more popular like i feel like it was always popular people just didn't have the guts to say that they liked it that's a big thing like having the guts to say because like people can be secretly liking something but because other people Mm -hmm. don't they kind of makes them feel like left out but also like not brave enough to say that they like something different or they have different preferences yeah there's a lack of diversity in Asian representation in American oh, yeah. broadcast media. Mm-hmm. Like, regarding, like, Asian representation, there's already, like, a lack. Involving, like, Asian American representation, it's even worse. The thing is, though, American broadcast media usually refers to, like, any American stations and then Hollywood. And honestly, honestly I don't expect much from those anyway. Hollywood's always been kind of whitewashed, yeah. kind of messy. Um, but that's why I'm really glad that there's so many external companies that are producing international shows now. Because in one of my classes, we read an article on how there's a demand for more diverse media. Like, there's a demand for more, like, diversity in films, which is why there's been an increase in, like, productions of that, like, in these past years, even though production's been kind of, like, messed up because of COVID. Beyond that, I, like, want to highlight, like, there's lack of diversity within Asian representation. You see a lot of, like, Koreans, you see a lot of Chinese, you see a lot of, like, East Asian representation, Mm -hmm. but you don't get to see as much, like, South Asian representation, Southeast Asian representation, which it would be great to see more of that because they have so much of their own, like, diverse culture, even more so, like, Apita, like, Apita includes, like, Asian Pacific Islander Daisy American, like, that is a long acronym because there's a lot of people to cover in it. And, like, they need to be represented. Everyone, like, has their own, like, special, like, quirks kind of vibe. I feel like every time someone mentions Asian, people only think of, like, East Asian. Maybe some South Asian, but usually it's East Asian. Um, Let's see. What else did I say on Asians? I have, like, I usually have a lot to say on this because I'm always, like... It's very so, passionate about yes, cause this it's topic. Yes, because it's so... I, like, did a report on this because it's so frustrating because when there are Asians in Hollywood, in Western media, they're mistreated. Mm-hmm. Like, they get underpaid. They get looked down on. People don't think, like, oh... Like, they still think, like, Asian Americans are, like, submissive. And I'm like, yeah. no. We have, like, so much, like, um, Simu Liu. He is an absolute icon. I love him. And he, like, wrote this whole thing. I will say, there were some choices made. He posted this, like, whole paragraph in the Facebook group, Subtle Asian Traits. And he posted about how when Kim's Convenience got canceled, it was because of, like, the showrunners leaving. But it's also because, like, there was a lack of diversity. They wanted their voices heard. And, like, he was never, like, really given a chance to speak his voice on set. But also, like, that's why I said, like, the nature of Hollywood. Even if it was a Canadian production, the nature of, like, these productions are just like that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just a massive disrespect. That's why whenever I see a new Asian movie come out from like Hollywood I always feel like sometimes it's like forced in a way because they're probably just doing it because of the demand that they're getting from like Asian viewers like requesting more Asian representation and yeah I definitely agree I will say like any representation is better than no representation even mm-hmm. if it is low-key forced representation but also like I remember reading this when I was in like high school Constance who had said something and it was like it stuck with me it still sticks with me now so she was like imagine a story about a figure skater who falls in love with like a hockey player and like yada 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 now what did you imagine probably two white people right mm-hmm. and she was like Like, it shouldn't be normalized that all these characters and these stories are white. Like, I was pitching my own idea. And I was like, I wrote, like, a man. And I was like, I wrote, then I corrected my pitch line. I was like, a man subject to change. Because, like, in my head, I was like, oh, a white man. But then I was like, I could do more. This could be, like, anyone. Like, the story, like, my story was not reliant. Like, some stories are reliant on, like, the character being a certain race, Mm -hmm. a certain thing. Like, there was, like, American short film that was, like, nominated for, like, the Emmy. That was fully, like, just talking about racism in America. And it was, like, very 
impactful. And like that had to be done because with someone who was black and someone who was white, because that's just like the nature of statistics. Mm -hmm. If you really want to like go into the nitty gritty on that, but we will not because this is a topic about Asian representation. (laughs) What about some common ways that Asians are portrayed? Well, there's a lot of stereotypical Asian traits. The quiet and nerdy, the STEM students, the tiger moms, the exotic woman, emasculated men. The kids who always play a violin or like piano. (laughs) They always make Asians either look really, really bad or they dehumanize them in a way. Mm -hmm. I will say it happens to a lot of like minority characters and other POC. I can even say like I've made that mistake. I was like writing a script and I just like was so tired and I wrote this thing and I was trying to describe these characters and I wanted them to be diverse and I wrote these descriptions and I gave them to my friend to read and she was like, Marcy, you like created a living stereotype just like the visual because like, you have to describe your characters in your scripts and i was mm-hmm. like oh my god you're right ah uh, and then i rewrote the entire thing mm-hmm. this is the importance of peer, peer review yep, yep. <laughs> reading your things and being like wow um that's not okay mm-hmm. and it's okay to not be okay it's just you need to fix it yeah you just gotta learn from your mistake not to do it again Asian Americans in any field mm-hmm. love to see it, love to celebrate it, because it's just like I never get to like see it. Mm-hmm. Especially like growing up, you have that whole thing of like never seeing people like you in any field, and you're like, well, yeah, like the only person I saw when I was growing up was like Brenda Song. Yeah, from like Sweet Life of Zach yeah, and Cody. Yeah, and she played like the very interesting thing about Brenda Song and Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. She was breaking a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Even though it was, like, it's one of those things people argue all all the time. It's, like, you're breaking a stereotype, but it's not, like, a good stereotype. Like, you're making her look like a ditzy dumb. And I'm, like, that's the joke. Dumb blonde, smart Asian. Now you have a dumb Asian and a smart blonde. And I'm, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, they're making her look dumb, but at least she's not nerdy. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you would see on a regular basis. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, also, Brenda Song's just great. Like, Mm -hmm. she did so much. She also played Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. Yeah, she did. That was was another iconic. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about two stories very briefly, though. The first story is called Lights, Camera, Action, Putting the Spotlight on Asian and Asian American Cinema. And this is from issue 17. It's basically a description of five different Asian movies. I'm not sure if any TV shows are in there, but there's Always Be My Maybe, Yesterday, Secret Obsession, The Farewell, and Mulan. And the Mulan is the live action from 2020. Always Yeah Maybe, if we're going to briefly talk about it, is a comedy, and I loved it because I was just like, I think this is the one starring Ali Wong and um, Randall Park, and like, Asian Americans as comedians is already rare enough. Like, you see them as actors and actresses and singers, and like, I think nowadays it's a good, bountiful, like, artist, but you still don't get to see them as, like, comedians, and that movie is so funny. These movies, like, I remember hearing about them in the news. They were pretty big news, like, this is like, Loki aside topic, but like, something to note is like, it's so good to celebrate Asian Americans in the news, and I love to see it, but I'm also like the fact that we're celebrating means we're not there yet because I feel like we can celebrate it but it should be normalized yeah exactly like we don't celebrate every, like we hear it in the news but we don't celebrate every time we get like a new Jennifer Lawrence movie we like talk about Asian films because we're like wow this is like something we new. like we don't usually see mm-hmm. like see it more and then make it less in the news but like Sparks can cover it. Sparks covers the stories for Asian Americans. Mm -hmm. That is our whole thing, which is why I love Sparks. Because, like, we should be celebrated, but mainstream media should always be celebrating us. Like, it shouldn't be a shock to us that they're talking about our culture. Yeah. But it's because we don't see it as often that it does shock us. Like, oh, they are talking about it. Like, oh my god. One of the movies on the list has Brenda's song in it, Secret Obsession. The entire trailer exposes the entire film. Like, it's one of those thrillers that's supposed to have a plot twist in it, and they give you the plot twist in the trailer. I've seen this trailer. 
trailer. Yes, the trailer spoils the entire movie. Like at the point, if you watch the trailer, you low-key don't need to watch the movie. I watched it because I was kind of curious. I low-key don't like fully remember what happened, but I was just like, yeah. Yesterday, that one was f- was featuring a South Asian actor, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's South Asian. I'm correct mm-hmm. me wrong, though, because I don't know the act. The actor's yeah. name is um Himesh Patel. Mm-hmm. If I pronounce it wrong, I'm very sorry. But yeah, um, like that movie, I like saw the trailer and I actually thought it was really cool. I didn't watch it though because it's about like the Beatles and I don't listen to the Beatles. <laughs> I would give it a chance just because I think it's interesting because it's about like inner turmoil. But if you're into the Beatles. If you're into the Beatles, you should definitely watch it. It's mm-hmm. about this guy who basically becomes somehow, I don't even know how, but he accidentally becomes the only guy in the world who remembers the Beatles. And so he uses the Beatles music to get famous. But then he's like, oh my God, I didn't technically do this. Mm-hmm. And like, it's the whole like moral dilemma, mental Choosing dissonance. Between fame and conscience. <laughs> yeah. Read the article to find out more. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch The Farewell. I also watched The Farewell. On I think campus. It was streaming. At rights. Was I at the same streaming as you? Because I think I either did it or watched it online. I can't remember. Um, It was at the... Uh, gallery? Yeah, yeah, the gallery. I it- was there. I think I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember being yeah. very teary-eyed. This is one that's, like, very... Actually, like, I will say this one... Like, I don't know if it'd be popular in Western media just because it, like, truly goes very in-depth into, like, the whole, like, Asian-American, Asian diaspora... Yeah like story and like the farewell is about like family and it's just like a lot like it's very cultural like, it's, a, it's from a chinese family i'm pretty sure from that you get like a lot of like cultural it's a lot of her dealing with her culture balancing it with her life balancing it with her family mm-hmm. and it was like and i i get teary-eyed at any family film or story mm-hmm. like that is the only way i'll cry like i don't cry over like people dying <laughs> animals dying i cry over oh that and baymax from big hero oh 6 my God, i truly cried i cried during that movie not over tadashi no <laughs> he didn't have enough character development for me to fall in love with him yet mm. i am in love with him now would cry if i saw him yeah run into a fire people are like so obsessed with his character and i, mean, I saw a post on instagram saying like oh he's like the ideal boyfriend he is yeah <laughs> he simply is he's like he cares for his family he's smart he's he was smart. like an engineer he would have made bank if he was alive <laughs> like not gonna lie like good things in a man height humor kindness and money it's a shame <laughs> it's a shame he's so not soon. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's Mulan, but there's plenty of news on that because Mulan yeah. made it Western media because everyone was excited because Mulan's a traditional Disney movie. Oops. Mm-hmm. Based off a Chinese story, and then they messed it up. I didn't watch like, it. You I, didn't either. I didn't watch it either, but I heard yeah. bad things. I think my sister watched it, and she was like, yeah, not that good. I mainly didn't watch it because I heard bad reviews about it, so I was like, oh, probably it's going to be a waste of time. I'm kind of curious. I might watch it because I finally got disney plus from oh, someone from someone <laughs> i didn't know i got it from a friend who offered it to me and i was like maybe i'll watch it finally and then i'll see because there's like one of the issues that i know people had with it was that there was no chinese subtitles like for a film that covers like a chinese story i think at the very least it should have chinese subtitles like even other shows or uh, movies on netflix they give you multiple different yeah. like, subtitles but also i will say someone has to write those and like when you're talking about hospital plays i was like i can't imagine being the person oh, yeah. who has to like know these words the other <laughs> story is called woke or just for show how mulan failed to bring honor to its chinese roots this is from issue 19 so it's a little bit more recent than the other story and this is basically like a review of the live action mulan i like the title of this article a lot yeah it's super clever also woke or just for show is really clever mm-hmm. i think like issue 19 was a year where like being woke was like a big thing mm-hmm. and it's like yeah it's important to be as the kids say woke 
I still don't really know how to use it, but it's just like being in the know of like current mm-hmm. political topics and stuff like that. They changed the story. Like there's an original story, but they also like, so they like, I think they changed it from the movie movie, like the animated movie to make it more something. Mm-hmm. Like they took out Shang-Chi, not Shang-Chi. Oh Mushu. <laughs> no, wait, they did take out Mushu. I'm so mad about that. Um, But they also took out the male dude. The uh, Li Shang. It is very similar to Shang-Chi. <laughs> I was not wrong. Li Shang, they took him out and I'm like, I see why, but also there's a reason why they basically put someone back in because I was like, are you serious? He was the best part of the movie. <laughs> Everyone was looking forward to that training montage, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, we already talked a lot about Mulan. Mm-hmm. I think overall, it was just like when things are represented, things go wrong as they do. Like even any show, things can go wrong. That's why it's so important to have more Asian Americans in entertainment, but also behind the camera, above oh, the yeah. line, behind the camera, in the writer's room, production, directors, writers. Like, that was the issue that Simu Lu brought up. Like, he wants to write. He wants to direct. But they wouldn't let him get in there. Yeah, see, that's why it's woke or just for show. Like, Because <laughs> he said, um, I want to be behind the camera, but they put him in front. Oh my god, yeah, it was just for show. I'm telling you. <laughs> also, like, this writer, she had this um, woke or just for show title or headline for a while like earlier in her Mm -hmm. drafts so i think she already knew that she wanted to title this you know woke or just for show oh we love we love a queen enlightenment Mm -hmm. some people have big brain but back to the thing that you were talking about in terms of like lack of asians behind the camera i think that's why i want to be behind the camera because i want to see more asians in yeah behind the camera that's why i'm a telecom major oh my god yeah full circle yeah but no i did read i remember reading something and it was like when people can't see that there's an asian or someone else or person colored behind thing that's when they support it more like it's a kind of jarring that people will see an asian like they'll see people like vera wang i'm pretty sure is asian Mm -hmm. and people love vera wang but also vera wang is not really like the face of her own brand mm-hmm. like her name is and people look dumb they don't put like the connection together that she yeah. may be like a person of color and it's like why are people so like if it's just like the visual that's throwing you off that says something inherent about you rather mm-hmm. than like oh i don't want to support it because i don't like xyz but it's like oh if you support this like if there's two different things and one of them has the face of an asian woman and one of them has the face of like a white woman and you choose to support the white one and you're like oh it's just because i like the style more but then you find out it's the exact same things mm-hmm. and you're like well that's a, a social that's a social experience yeah, experiment. Social experiment. I said psychological. I meant social. <laughs> yeah, social it's experiment. Similar. All right. Today we talked about Asian entertainment and the significance of representation in the media. Next week we'll talk about what we do best, and that is being an Asian American student. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and follow our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to stay updated on our episodes. The only update we have for UF Sparks is that our design and photography editors are starting to work on the cover, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely did talk about this. We at least talked about it. For our new issue this semester, which is issue 21, we have some really cool ideas, and I'm excited to see how it turns out at the end of the semester. This week's thank you note goes to Mercy. I could not have done this episode by myself. It would be really awkward for me just to (laughs) talk alone, but I also like your input on these topics. Thank you. I think it helps that we're both telecom majors. We have Mm -hmm. like that entertainment mindset. We have to take so many of those. What is the telecom industry looking like right now? Mm -hmm. I like four of those classes, but yes, thank you for having me. Um, This was really fun. I hope you invite me back for another episode. Or you could season two next semester, because I mean, Alex and I won't be here. 
if you help have me find, graduated. If you find me, help me find a co-host, I, I could do it. Yeah, I mean, you know where everything is now, how to set most of it up. <laughs> most of it. I'll just FaceTime you and be like, hey, Michelle, <laughs> bestie, what's up? But yes, I hope you guys have time to reflect on some of the things we talked about. And like, just remember to support Sparks and all your local Asian Americans in film, broadcast, Above the Line, which I realize I've been saying, but people don't know, Above the Line's like director, producer, editor, everything that like the higher up part of like a production team. Mm -hmm. But yes. All right. That's all we have for today. Thank you again. And we'll see you next week. 